Advance your spa career with management training from the University of California. Earn a professional certificate online in just six months. Visit ce.uci.edu forward slash spa training. Hi, welcome to SpaCast by Spa and Wellness Mexicaribe. I am Sarah Jones and today I'm talking with Tara Grochesk. Tara is a Women in Wellness Visionary Award winner, president of Tara Spa Therapy, co-founder of Green Spa Network, and owner of Tara Living Wellness Retreats, and has over 35 years in wellness. Tara has consulted on world-class spas for design, menu concepts, signature products, and wellness programs, including Rancho La Puerta, Fairmont, Auberge Resorts, Rosewood Hotels, As a massage therapist, holistic health educator, Ayurvedic practitioner and aromatherapist, Tara customizes retreat programs for resort and destination spas. And we're going to talk about retreat experiences today. Welcome to the show, Tara. How are you today? Thank you, Sarah. I'm doing great. It's really nice to be here with you. Thank you. So as we know, retreats are becoming really popular and certainly across the region of Mexico, Caribbean and into Latin America, this is a great way for spas and wellness businesses to uh, capitalize on this trend and to bring people to their destination. So what are some of the steps to developing and launching a successful retreat program for guests? Well, um, that's actually a very large question because there, there can be, uh, many different, um, strategies for creating retreats. And I think first and foremost is to identify the big why. You know, why is this important to our property? What is it that we're trying to communicate to our guests? Uh, what kind of experience do we want our guests to have? And what is aligned with our values and our philosophy, you know, of, our particular spa and uh, resort property. So I think being very clear on who you are and what you're trying to create for your guest experience has to be the foundation for whatever retreats you create. Um, You know, there are quite a few steps that are involved in the retreats, which, you know, would take a lot of time to go into right now at this moment. But I think um, it's very important first to identify who we are, what, what kind of experience are we trying to create? What types of retreats? Because, you know, there's big variation on different types of retreat. Is it about wellness, lifestyle, and healthy living retreat? Is it focused on detox? Is it a yoga retreat? Is it a retreat on conscious business or business leadership? So also identifying what types of retreats you want to offer to your guests is very important in determining you know, what will happen, uh, you know, how, how you want to create those. Um, another very important aspect of it is to identify, you know, who are the leaders for your retreats. Do you have star staff that um, have the uh, skills and talent to help create a program that is identified with your spa and uh, or drawing from your resources that you use at your spa with different healing techniques or fitness programs? Or do you need to outsource that to talent, um, you know, retreat leaders that have a following um, or have, you know, specific talents that you want to draw? Excellent advice. Yes, there are many routes to go down when planning a retreat. So what elements of wellness and spa should a retreat include? Well, I think certainly, um, you know, if it's a a broad brushstroke wellness retreat, then we think about the components of spa, 
uh, spa programming, and we want to have those represented. So you have elements of fitness, uh, whether it be yoga and Pilates or hiking or, you know, um, some kind of uh, fitness training. So you have the physical aspect of that. You incorporate um, treatment experiences and the spa into that and certainly diet nutrition aspects. So um, the foods that are served or designed for the program are an important element. So if we think about a healthy living retreat or wellness lifestyle retreat, we think about what are the components of healthy living. And obviously that would be, um, you know, the points that I mentioned, but you can also think of it in terms of body, mind, spirit. So uh, what do we represent in in the physical realm (laughs) and what is um, in the mental, emotional, energetic realm or experiences that, help to restore balance and vitality. And then, um, you know, what is uh, the the more subtle spiritual pursuits, um, life purpose, visioning, deeper meaning types of exercises or experiences? Yes, definitely. I love retreats that have a variety of different activities so that there's always something new to try and something that takes you perhaps out of your comfort zone in addition to the things that you maybe you know already, like yoga, like spa. Yeah. When you create a multifaceted experience and you think about what the touchstones of this particular retreat are, is it balanced and well-rounded? Um, but I think looking at what your resources are, again, internally, like you may really shine, you know, at your property for a particular, um, you know, modality of fitness training. And so obviously you want to incorporate that. It could be something like water yoga, right? Or um, aerial yoga. And, you know, so you, the, the places where you shine as a spa are certainly aspects that you know or experiences that you want to incorporate into the experience but you want to look at what your resources are and what your strengths are and also um, where you might be falling short and that's where you draw on the outsourcing of talent excellent yes and how long should a retreat be oh that's a great question too because um you know at a destination spa of course a retreat program could be five to seven days. But at most hotel and resort properties, I recommend usually a three-day. I mean, you can grow and build momentum for four and five-day stays, especially in in Mexico and Caribbean where people are staying for longer periods of time. But um, my success formula has been, I would say, about a two, uh, three-day program, I should say, two and a half minimum and a three-day program. I think that, again, you have to look at your clientele. Are they used to coming to the property for extended stays? But it's really great to test the waters with a shorter program. Um, You have to think, okay, are people going to travel just for that retreat experience? And if it is a long distance to travel, then having too short a program, um, you know, is not worth the trip, right? So it has to be substantial enough that it's worth making, uh, traveling the distance to get to that destination. But at the same time, if that location has other activities that people want to explore, then, you know, uh, if it's if it's too long, then they'll feel like, oh, maybe I'm missing out on some of the other aspects um, of this destination. That's a great suggestion. Yes. And testing the waters with a shorter retreat Mm -hmm. just to. Uh, introduce it to the market is a great way of starting out. Um, but yes, I imagine that many of the places in this region would 
end up creating a slightly longer retreat because it's somewhere that people are going to travel to as a destination. But what's also important, obviously, is allowing guests to have the chance to see the destination and enjoy the retreat activities. That's always nice to combine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for example, and we know yoga retreats are so popular in Mexico and the Caribbean, but for an example, uh, example, a a good, you know, well-balanced yoga retreat is not just when you're in the yoga room 24 seven, but it's Mm -hmm. also when you have the experience to be adventuring out and, um, you know, exploring the destination location and certainly partaking of, you know, interesting culinary experiences and spa treatments and all of that. So that's just a good example where we say, okay, a yoga retreat is a yoga retreat, but it's not necessarily that you're doing that, um, you know, the entire day. So we know, you know, we're very familiar with that, that, you know, we're not in the yoga room from, you know, nine to five, so to speak. Um, but integrating other experiences, but tying in the themes, what is that really about? Yoga is, you know, it is a way of living and, um, there's ways to incorporate the theme of yoga in other aspects, um, of the retreat experience. But yes, I think, you know, in, destination locations in Mexico and the Caribbean, a longer retreat experience is understood. Um, again, uh, yoga is a good example or a detox program. You can't really go to a spa location and try to do detox in, in two or three days. I was just suggesting that just an introductory kind of wellness lifestyle experiences, you can do a a, a smorgasbord of the spa experiences, as I said, with culinary, with spa experiences, with yoga and fitness aspects for someone to test the waters. Yes, absolutely. And some of our city destinations, that might be a great way for them to introduce to their clients. Absolutely. Um, That's a very important point because, you know, the urban setting is very different. People want to take and want to go in and out more express style as opposed to traveling to a destination where they really want to, uh, they're taking more time. Absolutely. So should the resort market retreats to their existing clientele themselves or look at bringing in retreat leaders who have their own following? Well, that's a great question as well. I think it's very important to assess what your talent is internally first. As I said, there are some properties that have really, you know, highly talented trainers and leaders or experts in certain modalities and you may uh, a spa may find that they can create a wellness program because of the uh, talent of their staff. Um, but it's also very important to be honest about the shortcomings. If your staff is not at that level of being a dynamic presenter um, and they don't have that level of confidence in interacting with the guests in that way, then um, you don't want to pretend to you know be strong, so to speak, when you're when you're not strong enough for that. So I think it's really important to assess your internal, you know, your staff talent and, you know, some of your perhaps independently contracted resources, but also to look outside, like I said, in terms of what you want to create. Um, I do say uh, that many uh, resort spas want to bring in talent that has a following. They want a retreat leader that has, is a celebrity you know, yogi or a celebrity fitness expert or, you know, something like that. And they want to um, bring someone in that already has the strong following. And obviously that's a huge advantage in the sense that they have a following, you know, that there's going to be, you know, assurance of attendance and so on. Um, And that's really great. But I would just caution that 
mm, you have to have skin in the game. So you have to approach it like a partnership and, and you have to look at what can you do to cross market this to your customer base and not just rely on the um, retreat leader for their own following. There are some, as I said, celebrity quote, you know, retreat leaders that draw the following that can get that turnout and it gives you a big buzz for marketing and PR. And that's really terrific. Usually it comes at a price too. <laughs> and, mm-hmm, then on the, and then on the other hand is like giving yourself time to build the momentum and the expertise that you can in creating unique experiences that are more signature to your property. So when you outsource um, that quote, like celebrity leader, it's sort of like a pocket, you know, where they come in with this. And yes, you, you know, you market it. And as I said, you have PR value from that. But when it's identified as your own signature retreat, then you'll start gaining. It takes a little bit longer, definitely, but you start gaining traction for your own brand extension. So I think that that's very important to consider. And certainly a hybrid of the two is great where you're in a collaboration with that facilitator that does have a following, but you're also partnering and you're cross-marketing and co-branding it. Um, but I definitely advise that, you know, you have skin in the game and treat it like a collaborative venture. And, um, and I encourage you not to think of it just like another group's program that you're booking with a contract and food and beverage and room blocks. You have to do some of that sometimes, of course, but when you are um, collaborating with the facilitator, it, I tell you that is when uh, you ensure greater success because you're working in partnership to make it successful. You make a very good point there, Tara. Um, obviously, what resorts will want is to gain more of a following and to increase their market and to be known more for retreats. So bringing somebody in just to fill their one week of retreat, if it's a celebrity retreat leader, that following is going to leave with that retreat leader, most likely. And what you really want is a crossover. You want the people that come to the initial retreat to book back again. So I think you make a really valid point about the collaboration and the ongoing success and working with people who have the following, but not um, making it all about just that following and making something signature that is tied to the property or the brand. And that's, uh, that's really great advice for the listeners. Thank you. Yes. And I I think really, you know, it does take a little more time to build that. But as I said, it's more, um, it adheres more to your brand extension. Absolutely. So in your career, what has been your biggest aha moment? (laughs) Well, I think there's lots of aha moments um, over the many years I've been in the spa industry. But I think um, what's been uh, a big aha for me is realizing that my studies very early on in my 20s, right out of college, uh, and during college, I was studying human potential and um, living our lives to the full. How do we live our lives to the fullest? Uh, How do we live a vital, healthy existence? And in my college years, I was exploring that. And, you know, I went through many twists and turns and obviously developed a uh, a brand, you know, a product line that's used for um, professional treatments and, and home spa. But, you know, in circling back around, seeing that the work that I'm doing in the living wellness retreats and in creating unique spa experiences, treatment experiences from treatment to retreats, 
this work on human potential is right there, um, still relevant, still really near and dear to my heart. So I think, you know, my aha today is going, wow, you know, what I was curious about in my early 20s is uh, I've, you know, I don't even want to say circling back around, but it's just part of my evolution on the path in the spa and wellness industry. Wonderful. Yeah. So you've been on the right path for a long time then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Tara. What is your hidden talent? <laughs> um, well, I think what a lot of people don't know about me is I, I do have an artistic an artistic flair. I used to do a lot of painting and uh, landscape and impressionist style work with watercolors and inks. And I haven't done so much of that lately, a little jewelry making, <laughs> like at Sundance uh, Resort. But um, I really enjoy the use of color and design. So in our collateral development and packaging development and uh, every opportunity I have, I really enjoy um, how the play of color. Wonderful. I didn't know you were an artist as well. <laughs> and what is your advice for your younger self? Oh, well, yes, I think um, I would say, and I say this to women a lot in the women in leadership programs that we need to appreciate who we are right now in this moment. And I think that, you know, at, at 20 and 30 and 40 and 50, I know for women in particular, you know, we're always uh, wanting to be, or we tend to want to be something that we aren't. We strive for perfection. We strive for the ultimate beauty and this, you know, feeling good by how we look. And I think I would say that we need to appreciate who we are right now. And um, by being in the present and embracing, you know, our, our, uh, our relationship with self and the beauty that resides within and rather than aspiring, oh, if only, only if, you know, and on this, uh, on a path of aspiring to, to uh, perfection that is not attainable to embrace our imperfections, really embrace them and celebrate them. And they're part of you know what creates our uniqueness. So I really feel that if I could say when I was 20 or 30 <laughs> and even 40, you know, that I was really um, the self-acceptance, cultivating self-acceptance and self-love. That is the lesson. Wonderful advice. Thank you. And tell me about one daily wellness ritual that you practice. Yes. Well, um, the one I always come back to, sometimes I don't have time to sit, you know, and meditate, or even if I miss yoga in the morning, I might get a class, you know, at the end of the day, or I'll go for a hike. But what I really practice um, on a regular basis, when I drive down to my office, I happen to have about a 20 minute drive uh, down a beautiful valley. Um, but I practice breath awareness. And I call it breathing meditation. I think it's just a really good reminder that meditation doesn't mean that you have to sit upright in lotus position to be meditating for X number of minutes. But um, moving meditation and breathing meditation is about being present and aware in that moment with the breath, you know, as you inhale, as you exhale. And so I use breath awareness as my meditation when I'm actually driving to my office. So it doesn't mean you have to be like in trance or anything like that. It's actually being very present and very aware. But I, one of the secrets, I think, to physical vitality, but also spiritual awakening, of course, is pranayama or breath awareness. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that with us. 
Tell us, Tara, what do you know for sure? Oh, that's such a big question. Um, what I know for sure is that when we create the space for people to uh, drop into into a, a state of presence, and when we can be fully present away from the distraction of our phones and the internet and you know our thoughts and really show up for another individual, one authentic self to another, that we can heal in a very deep way. We can transmit or be a conduit for healing when we take the time and create the space to be fully present with another human being. And it's a very powerful thing. It doesn't matter what your fancy techniques are in body treatments and wraps and skincare and massage and all of that. Um, but if we can make contact with an individual through eye contact or physical contact and really be present in that space, we are the conduit for a very powerful divine healing energy. That is uh, a very, very valid point. And sometimes when I go to spas, that's the biggest takeaway, whether the therapist was present or not present. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you can sense from the massage table, whether you're drifting in and out of sleep or not, you know if the therapist is present or going through the motions. And it's so important. It makes such a difference. It really does. It really tells the whole story, doesn't it? <laughs> It really does. Yes, it's a good practice for life in general. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Tara. The conversation has been a pleasure. Thanks for your oh, time. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was a wonderful opportunity. Thanks for listening to SparCast by Spa and Wellness Mexicali Bay. Advance your spa career with management training from the University of California. Earn a professional certificate online in just six months. Visit ce.uci.edu forward slash spa training.